Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Kia koutou katoa. I hope that you have been keeping well and that the year has got off to a good start. The last couple of years have taken its toll on many of us in many different ways. And if I'm being honest, recently I felt pretty defeated, particularly when it comes to the church. And I found myself praying, God, when will the restrictions end? Where are are you in all of this? And what should we be doing going forward? So many plans have been cancelled. There have been lots of tough decisions that have been made. There has been so much divisiveness. And the most difficult thing I find is the constant uncertainty that lies ahead. For those of us who love and believe in the church, there has been a lot of grief. So today I want to look at what Scripture says about the hope that we can have for the church. The Scripture that we will be looking at is found in Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 to 18. This passage occurs just before Jesus predicted his death. Jesus had just asked his disciples who they thought the Son of Man was, and they said a bunch of different names. But then in in verse 16, Simon Peter answered, and he said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was revealed to you, uh, not by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. This passage is interesting for all sorts of reasons, but today I solely want to focus on verse 18. The, uh, The gates of Hades will not overcome it. Hades is a term that refers to a place of death. Jesus is essentially saying that the church will persevere, it will prevail. Death will never overcome the church. You know, at the end of last year, I was in a Zoom meeting with pastors from all around New Zealand, and one of them said this profound statement. He said, The other day I looked through the history of my church and found that in the last 120 years, it has survived two world wars, multiple recessions, the Spanish flu, and much, much more. We will survive this pandemic too. And it got me thinking about the history of the church over the last 2,000 years, about how the early church grew rapidly despite severe persecution, most of the disciples being brutally murdered for their faith. I was reminded about how the church became known for radical hospitality and compassion during the Antoine Plague of the 2nd century, which killed up to a quarter of the Roman Empire. Christians took the sick into their homes and they were dying because of it. And I thought about the church in many places around the world today, where people still have to worship in secret because they are in fear of their lives. In some cases, churches literally being bombed and Christians being taken into prison camps. Now what I realize is the church doesn't only live on under hardship, but it often thrives. And I'm not exactly sure why this is the case. I'm sure there's probably lots of reasons. But there is one thing that is obvious. And it's that the church has had to adapt. Throughout history and around the world today, the church has been most prepared to adapt. 
when it hasn't had the stability and the freedom in the first place. You know, personally, I think the church in New Zealand has struggled in the last two years. And I reckon the reason why it has been so difficult is, is because we haven't had to adapt much in the past. We've always had the freedom to practice our faith how we like. So when, so when COVID came along and we were no, a, uh, no longer able to gather in the way that we are used to, I think we got caught off guard. I don't think we were ready for change. I'm still not sure if we are ready now. Let me give you an illustration. Caleb and I go to the gym together most mornings. And personally, I really like the gym because I find it a lot easier than working out without equipment. So when lockdown came along, even though I had the best of intentions, I found myself working out much less, eating way more and becoming a much more well-rounded human being. The truth is, I'm not very good at staying fit without the gym. And I think the same goes for us as the church in New Zealand. It's, a, it's as if we haven't built the spiritual muscles to practice our faith without the church as we know it. And by that, I mean, if you take away Sunday services, many of us don't know how to do church. We don't know how to read scripture and pray together and do life intimately with one another. For many of us, it's uncomfortable, inconvenient, and sometimes it's really awkward. You know, a few weeks ago, I had this barbecue at my house and the food was ready to go and we were all sitting around the table. And for the first few minutes, it was like there was a mute button on the conversation. It was like a bunch of 13-year-olds on their first night of youth group. It was incredibly awkward. And it got me thinking, have we as the people of God lost one of the greatest aspects that the early church was known for, the act of hospitality and relating deeply with one another? The point I'm making is this. The church will always live on, but there are seasons of hardship when it is forced to change. And the question is, are we prepared and equipped for that change? Do we have the skills, the relationships, and the faith to persevere like the church has done for the last 2,000 years? When we read passages like Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Acts 2, they are very clear about the measure of a good church. It is not good music or a quality sermon. It's not bums on seats or a growing balance sheet. The measure of a good church is when we are growing in our faith together. Emphasis on together. Now the second part of the verse I want to look at is where Jesus says, On this rock I will build my church. We are God's church, the body and bride of Christ. And the reason why death will not overcome it is because Jesus has already overcome death. In Revelation chapter 22 verse 13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And for the last 2,000 years, Jesus has been building his church, and he isn't finished yet. The church will prevail because he will prevail. However, if I'm being honest, I don't often feel that. Statistically, the church in the West has been in, de in decline for the last 50 years. People participate serve and give less than ever. In my own generation, the beloved Avocado on Toast Millennials have left the church in droves. And the last two years would seem as though things are only getting worse. And that is the reality that often weighs on all of us. However, Jesus 
is still building his church. You know, recently I caught up with a friend from high school who has become a Christian in the last couple of years. And she had pretty much no experience of the Christian faith and didn't want anything to do with God. But she had a friend that invited her to church and she reluctantly went along. To her surprise, she enjoyed it more than she thought. So she kept on going. But she still didn't believe in God. And then one day, it all changed. She felt Jesus, and for the first time, things began to make sense. In her words, my whole life changed, and I've grown more in the last two years than I ever have before. Looking back, she can't believe that she came to faith. But she is incredibly glad that she has. That is the power of the Holy Spirit at work. God can draw anyone to himself. You know, statistically speaking, even though the church in the West is still in decline, the global church is growing, particularly in South America, Asia, and Africa. Lots of people are giving their lives to Jesus. Churches are growing. You know, a couple of years ago, I heard from someone called Steve Maynard, who is the Anglican Bishop of Nelson. Originally from Kenya, he was sent to New Zealand to be a missionary because they believed there is a spiritual apathy here in New Zealand. And he said that in Kenya, when, when people say they're going to pray for you, they will spend an hour on their knees. When they worship, they can sing for hours because they have this passion for Jesus. They're planting churches and sending people all over the world to be missionaries. The growing belief is that the Western world will be re-evangelized by people who migrate to our shores as they embrace the good news that the majority of our society seems to reject. Jesus continues to build his church, and death will never overcome it. You know, the first part, uh, the first part of verse 18 talks about Peter being, a found, uh, being the foundation of the church. And if you look at the Greek, which would have been translated from Aramaic, Peter actually translates as rock. Essentially, Jesus said to Peter, you are a rock, and on this rock I will build my church. In this moment, Jesus gave Peter the authority to lead the early church. You know, the Gospels talk a fair bit about Peter's faith journey. And from what we can tell, he was pretty ordinary. In fact, if you look at his life, he actually made heaps of mistakes. However, Peter seemed to have two things going for him. He loved Jesus and he had faith in him. And that was enough for Peter to become the leader of the early church. You know, one of the things that I've always loved about Jesus is that he doesn't discriminate like we do. The outward appearances, the status, the intelligence, they aren't valued that high in the kingdom of God. Jesus is looking for people who love him and who have faith in him. That's who he uses to build his church. And as simple as that is, I think that might just be the greatest challenge for the church in New Zealand today. We have a lot of resource. We have a lot of intelligent and educated people. We have access to good teaching and buildings, equipment and staffing. But when you take all of that away, we are left with Jesus and our fellow believers. And what matters is our love and faith in him and how we practice that as his people. You know, over the last two years, I spent a lot of time praying and talking with people about what Jesus might be wanting to do here in Windsor Park. And I've come to a really simple conclusion. 
He wants us to go deeper with him and he wants us to go deeper with each other. It's not particularly anything new, but it's what the church at its core is all about. You know, I want to finish with two things and then I'd love us to pray together. The first is to be encouraged. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He continues to build his church. Not, uh, nothing is going to overcome it. Not secularism, not COVID, not the government, not persecution, not natural disasters. The church will prevail because Jesus prevails. The second point I want to encourage you with is as you go away this week, implement something in your life where you can go deeper with Jesus and with other believers. You know, a few years ago, I used to catch up with this friend every Monday and we would talk about all sorts of things. But we often left God out of our conversation. So one day I decided that every time we saw each other, we were going to start praying with each other. It transformed our friendship and our prayer lives. It kept us accountable. It helped us keep our head up when times were tough. It helped us to be grateful for the blessings that we had. And it helped us grow in our faith. My encouragement to you is to find, someone, uh, to find something that works for you. Set a time to pray with your spouse or someone in your family. Go to a life group. Get a coffee group together. I'd love to finish by praying for the church here in New Zealand, that we would have a hunger and a thirst for Jesus, and that our love and faith for him would continue to grow and grow. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray for the church around New Zealand, that we are all a part of, Lord, that we would grow a hunger and a thirst for you, that we would be passionate to meet and to pray as your people. Lord, that we would see your kingdom come in our lives and in the lives of our communities. Lord, have your way in Windsor Park. Lord, have your way in the, the people's lives who are, who are around us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz, and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.